Ducks fans, are you ready? You are listening to the Ducks and Pucks podcast. This is the number one home for Anaheim Ducks talk and analysis. Here we go. Welcome to the show. This is your host, Mike Walters, along with my co-host, Eddie Richard. And the Ducks are back at home finally after their uh, road trip. That was a little crazy, right? We remember some of those games that they played against some of our favorite teams in uh, Vegas and Nashville and whatnot. But the uh, the Ducks are in the middle of a homestand. We're going to talk about uh, the four games so far. We're going to talk about Getzloff's 1,000th game in the NHL and as a Duck. We're going to uh, discuss Tamu Solani and his book, some league news, and the Ducks did make a trade, not not for Taylor Hall, but we'll get to that later in the show as well. But uh, let's get to this homestand, Eddie. Uh, kind of a interesting one, if you will. The Ducks first playing the Winnipeg Jets in a wild game uh, that that saw 11 goals scored. Uh, the Ducks uh, in this one fighting it out in the beginning. They got down early. And we're down 2-1 in the first period. Then they turned it on. They scored four goals in the uh, second period. Then ended up uh, you know, uh, getting a couple goals by Carter Rowney in the third. But this was probably one of the, the most entertaining games uh, of the season so far, Eddie. Uh, we've had a couple. But this one, I mean, there was just goals galore. It was, you get a goal, you get a goal, everybody gets a goal. Yeah, lucky number seven. Like, it was just insane. It was one of those games where... Winnipeg's a team that's really locking on on their their back end, and the Ducks exploited that and took advantage and went ahead and and lit up the goalie. and, and The Jets didn't really have a response to that. Uh, they're missing some key guys, including uh, Dustin Bufflin, who's out this season, and we'll talk about that later. But it just they really couldn't get back in this game. They they started off strong, and the Ducks just kept piling and piling on. And once the Ducks got that lead, they just put the their foot on the on the gas pedal and kept going and just steamrolled them. It was. Really fun game to watch. You had a, a rookie Mahura getting a three assist. The a Grant, a Grant's deflection goal was really kind of weird, and a lot of people thought it wasn't going to be a goal. And you could even see his face too when he was looking up at the jumbotron, like kind of like, okay, it's probably not going to be a goal, but it's called a goal. It's one of those games where everything was going right for the Ducks, and the Ducks just exploited a really fault that the Jets have, and it, it was a good win. It was fun to watch. It's one of those games, if you weren't there and you were planning to go, you're probably kicking yourself in the butt like, man, I should have went to that game. But it, it was a fun one to watch and, and a fun one to be at. I think the only controversy of that game, which I, I don't know if fans went ahead and bought a jersey, but if you bought a Branson jersey, of number 46 that he was on the road, he switched it to number six now. So if you guys got that jersey, I don't know if there's a few of you that did. Apologize, he's number six now. Yeah, you know, you can maybe go to Cool Hockey or something and have them take off that four, Eddie, and maybe just put the six on there. You know what I'm saying? It might not be uh, uh, might not be centered correctly, but hey, you could just take the four off the uh, the back there and off the the sleeves and whatnot. But you're right; he did change his jersey number. A couple other things that did happen before this game, as you mentioned, Josh Mahura came up, had an outstanding game, getting three assists. Uh, Brendan Cooley was sent down to San Diego. Uh, he's still obviously dealing with that kind of that oblique injury. Nothing serious there, but you know, uh, Dallas Aikens talked about him. You know, getting kind of some more playing time and getting you know the conditioning back and whatnot. So nothing crazy there. I expect Gooley to come back up. But uh, like you said, it was a great game. The Ducks really piled it on. 
in the second period. And you're right, when uh, Grant scored that last goal there in the second period, I sitting there in the stands and, you know, that goes under review and everything. And I'm sitting there going, okay, is this going to count? Because how many times have we seen the Ducks get a goal off of a skate, arm, body, head, whatever it is, and then it gets reviewed and taken away. So I I, thank God the refs made the right call on this one for once. Uh, He did not punch the puck in. He didn't kick it in. He didn't do anything to deflect it in there. It came towards him and redirected back in, and that that was the right call. So I was glad to see that the refs didn't screw that one up for once, right? Uh, No ref you suck chant in this game. But uh, it was a great game all around for the Ducks uh, playing the Jets. You also saw uh, Fowler get his goal in there, which made him the all-time leading uh, defenseman for the Ducks. Um, you also saw uh, Troy Terry get a goal in there. And, of course, Getzloff as well. We've talked about that. He keeps shooting the puck, <laughs> and he keeps getting goals. So, uh, you know, good thing for Anaheim in this one. Uh, the only negative thing probably is that the Ducks gave up 40 shots against. But, uh, hey, if you're going to put, you know, seven goals in the back of the net and chase uh, the opposing goalie out, um, you're, you're pretty much going to win, you know, maybe not 100%, but 99.9% of the time, Eddie. Oh, yeah, I totally agree. And the shot thing is another problem, too. And, yeah, it's a big win, and people just kind of just get tunnel vision on seeing that 7-4 to four win and to go back and look at all the goals that were scored. But the Jets did take 18 shots to duck six shots in the third period, and it seems like the Ducks just kind of, you know, they got complacent a little bit. I mean, they were still playing hard, and it wasn't by far their worst game where they just completely shut down and were just not playing at all. But to, to give up almost 20 shots in one period, it's just kind of a crazy and insane. And you need to support your goalie a little bit more because you're going to tire him out. And that's when, you know, injuries happen. Uh, that's when he gets you know, overly worked or, or things things of that nature. And they just need to tighten those things up, especially when a game that they're controlling most of the outcome. Yeah, you're up by a big number and you are you have all the advantage going your way and momentum. Keep it going. Move that puck around a little bit more. Uh, take take a few minutes uh, and set up a play. Don't just try to like rush and and kind of forget your def- defensive responsibilities because everyone's trying to get that next goal because the seven goals are even scored already. No, you bring up a good point. This was probably the best game so far that the Ducks played on this homestand, and and we'll go into these other games here in a minute. But you know the Vancouver, uh, Chicago, and Minnesota games. I wasn't really happy with the way the Ducks played in these next three games. So. Uh, part of it is that 60-minute game as we talked about. So like you said, yeah, the Ducks kind of, you know, you know, held back a little bit in the third. Uh, you saw Carter around He got two goals. He got that empty net goal. First time he's gotten a multi-goal game, which was good. Uh, but the Ducks really put the pedal to the metal in the second period, and that's why they pulled ahead and were able to win this game. And yeah, they weren't necessarily playing a 60-minute game. And, and it's weird. With this team, I, I don't really know what to expect anymore. Uh, I, I felt after this Winnipeg game uh, pretty good with them going into Vancouver. <laughs> and the Ducks did win this next game against the Canucks. But the Canucks came in a red-hot team. And they actually controlled the play for a good portion of this game. Uh, the Ducks you know, pulling this one out 2-1 uh, to one in overtime. Um, you saw Silverberg score shorthanded, a fantastic goal uh, in the first period there. And then, of course, Getzloff, as we talked about, been shooting the puck more. He gets another goal in overtime. Crazy one. Uh, basically, Markstrom goes for the, the poke check. 
uh, leaves his jock strap on the ice and, and Getzloff just taps it in behind him and, and you know there you go I mean and there's nothing you can really say in that but but in this game against Vancouver the Ducks came out with a win but again they gave up 40 shots on goal uh, I felt like the Canucks um, you know controlled the play for this game mostly for the the first period I mean they outshot the Ducks 19 to five there Ducks kind of battled back in the in the second and the third. And this was one of those games where you're fortunate, I think, for the Ducks to get two points. But it goes back to your point, Eddie, that they didn't really play a 60-minute game again here. And, and a lot of it, I, I noticed this season, it seems like the first periods have been problematic for the Ducks. Like I said, outshot 19-5 to in the first period. Silverberg does get the, the shorthanded goal, and the Ducks are up uh, 1-0 at, at the end of the first period. But as we'll see when we talk a little bit later about the Chicago game, um, you know, it's just been something that's been going. I, I don't know what it is. It's just been kind of some slow starts for the Ducks. I mean, I, I'm happy they beat Vancouver. Vancouver has been on fire. That team has been scoring goals like crazy on the power play, five on five. And to see this game end up being a two to one score, I was really surprised. I, you know, the the Jet game went nuts. Eleven goals in that game. I thought, okay, this game's gonna have a bunch of goals, Eddie. And uh, no, this game ends up just being two to one. Yeah, that was kind of surprising, especially how red-hot Vancouver's been and then Anaheim coming off that big win. Vancouver's no joke this season. Are, are they a Stanley Cup uh, team? I, I'm not sure. I, I don't know how, how hot they're going to they're gonna be throughout the season and if their young guns can rise up to the pressure, especially when it comes down to crunch time and everyone's battling just that much harder for a playoff spot. But they're, they're a good team. And coming in, I expected a score to be 4-5 around that, you know, Three, four goals scored between each team, but uh, two to one was kind of just wow. It was surprising, and and the first goal when Silverberg scored, yeah, a beautiful goal, and it was all set up by by Raquel bringing it in. But Silverberg got to where the puck was gonna be, and then fortunate for him, that puck went off a defenseman before it came to Silverberg's uh, stick, and he just went and buried it, and for the second shorthanded goal of the season, beautiful goal. It was just amazing, and it seemed like the Ducks were gonna take this one nothing, just the way the tempo of the game was. Uh, until, you know, another Ducks defenseman decides to, you know, get the puck in the other player's net or their own net when Holzer. <laughs> I mean, I, th- this time it wasn't Holzer's fault, really. Uh, just like uh, Cam's goal, and he literally looked like he shot it into Gibson's net. Uh, it just goes off Holzer's leg. It's one of those unfortunate bounces, and, and Vancouver got on the board and kind of forced that to overtime, which a lot of people were bummed out. You know, they wanted that 1-0 shutout win, blah, blah, blah. But it, it was kind of, I'm glad... That happened because the overtime was just fun to watch. First overtime of the season, you have our new coach. You have not, no idea what to expect. And what does he do at the, the third or what, second or third shift out there? He puts all kids out there. Mahura, Steele, and Terry. Uh, I think Mahura went off for a change. Getzoff came off. Terry spots him. Uh, fires the puck. Center ice. Getzoff thinks he's a goalie at one time. He catches the puck with his glove. Instantly throws it down on his feet. And he takes off. And then... Markstrom, I don't know what he thought he was doing. I think he thought he was a forward trying to join the rush or something. He comes straight out of his net, gets off one little move, beats him, and an empty net and gets off, puts it away, and scores. And Ducks win 2-1 to one in overtime. Yeah, that, that was dramatic, the way that they won. Like you said, Terry with a great pass there. Uh, that was a beautiful play. And gets off all alone. You know, And that's one thing with gets off. You know, We've been talking about this. Uh, and, and all of you out there, I know you have been too, you know, shoot the puck, shoot the puck. And we've seen him doing that more this season. He's got those little moves he makes. He, he you know, dips the shoulder, 
He turns the blade one way. You think he's going backhand, then he goes forehand. Uh, he, he's been doing a lot more uh, deceptive moves and, and going with them, and it, and it's been awesome to see. I mean, you've seen him now with uh, you know a couple different games in a row now that he's gotten uh, consecutive goals, and this was a huge one. So uh, a big big game. You know, the Ducks they they beat the Jets, they beat uh, Vancouver. Uh, probably the one the one bad spot in here, uh, and we joked about this before recording. Uh, was Max Jones? Uh, he took some some silly penalties in this game, and I, I'm calling it a timeout, Eddie. He gets sent down to San Diego for a couple days, and you know, bye bye. I mean, the, they didn't bring anybody else up. They just said, "Hey, Max, you're going down." So uh, I didn't really hear a whole lot of comments about that from from Aikens or anybody else. But I'm calling it a timeout because uh, he started uh, doing his uh, Nick Ritchie imitation. You know, I mean, Halloween's already over. But I don't know. I think Max Jones dressed up as Nick Ritchie in this game against Vancouver because he, he took some really stupid penalties. And that and that's not like Max Jones. He usually doesn't do that. So I really think he was sent down, you know, for a little break, so to call it. Eddie, what do you think? Oh, definitely. It kind of puts you in check. Uh, whatever, like whoever you think you are and think you deserve, it, you getting sent down, it really puts something in place. Like, okay, you know, this team's not screwing around. You're still a rookie. And Everything you do, you have to go out and earn it. You can't just have it, you know, be expected like, oh, you know, I, I'm this top pick or I, I'm this whatever. Or the Ducks don't have that many players and I'm better than these players down in San Diego so they can't call him up. No, it's not like that because there's other players that are competing for a spot and want to play. And if, especially if you're a rookie, if you're not out there giving it your all, which all players should, but especially rookies, then, hey, you have the option to go head back to San Diego and be down there in the minors, which, you know, once you get a taste of being in the NHL, you definitely don't want to go back there. And, and that's kind of a either – I guess that's where players go to not really die. But, I mean, it's just bad from going to your professional team to the AHL team. So I, I think you said it best. It was a timeout. He played one game, and it was uh, one of the games they actually won for the first time this season. He, uh, he was a plus-minus plus-one. And so I think he contributed and helped the, the goals get that earned there for his victory. So that was a plus. And when they brought him back up, he seemed, I guess, uh, I, I guess timeout worked. Uh, like you put a kid in the corner. I guess that's the equivalent of putting a, a kid in the corner, just sending him down to San Diego. Yeah, that's the way I feel. And, you know, it gave me uh, even – I mean, I already have respect for Dallas Aikens anyways, but it gave me a little bit more because it's like, hey – you know, this guy had a bad night, and you're you're not afraid to be like, you know what, dude, go down to San Diego. We'll see you in a couple of days. I was just like, wow. You know, I, I thought that was pretty pretty good. I mean, obviously he's waiver exempt, so you know that part plays into it too. But still, you send him down. I'm like, all right, cool. And uh, you know, you're looking at these games. Uh, we've been harping on Nick Ritchie a lot uh, this season, and uh, he hasn't been taking as many dumb penalties. And in this next game, when they played uh, Chicago, he actually scored a power play goal in that contest. So I think Nick, Nick Ritchie's turned it around a little bit. Uh, the Ducks did lose this game against Chicago, and this was a game I did call as a trap game uh, because Chicago had lost the night before against L.A. Uh, we know the Blackhawks always played the Ducks uh, pretty well, uh, you know, regardless of the record. Uh, I was talking to some of my friends uh, before the game, uh, if you didn't catch it, the uh, it was Law Enforcement Appreciation Night. So the uh, the Orange County Sheriff's played LAPD during the day, and I actually uh, happened to go over there and check it out. 
But a lot of my friends were like, oh, yeah, the Ducks are going to play the Blackhawks. You know, the Blackhawks are terrible this year. And they're going to, you know, they should take it to them and yada, yada, yada. And I told all of them, I go, no, that's not what's going to happen. I go, the Blackhawks always play the Ducks tough. It's going to be a close game. The Ducks might win, but it's going to be a close game. It's not going to be a blowout. And, of course, what happened? It was a close game, and then the Ducks lost in overtime. It's just the way it is. Chicago, for some reason, plays the Ducks hard. And just like we talked about in the last podcast, if you didn't catch it, Vegas and Nashville, they also play the Ducks very, very well. So this game, a little frustrating. The Ducks got down uh, two goals early in the first period. Um, uh, and then, basically, they, they rallied back. Good Branson got a goal in the second period. Richie got that power play goal, as I mentioned, in the third. And then they went to overtime. And, of course, our favorite guy, Patrick Kane, scores just 24 seconds in. The Ducks lost this game. But it was frustrating for me. I, I you know, I thought the Ducks did play better after the first period, Eddie. But, you know, they honored Getzloff on this night, his thousandth uh, regular season game, also as a Duck as well. And the Ducks came out flat in the beginning of this contest. I mean, I was happy with the way that they responded. But... Uh, just a little disappointing the way that the game started, and, and I just I, I called it. I felt like this was going to be a game where the, maybe they felt like, hey, we got lucky, we beat Vancouver. All right, we're playing Chicago, who's freaking terrible, and it just was a recipe for disaster. And the Ducks did get a point, so I'm not I'm not all like, oh my god, the Ducks were terrible. But I, I just felt like if they would have come out stronger, they probably could have got two points in this one, Eddie. Oh yeah, definitely agree, especially against this team. Uh, they're a struggling team. They're having goaltending issues or, or it's not really consistent their their defensive core is is a little bit overpaid and they're kind of unmovable right now no one's really going to touch their contracts um i mean that's what you get for winning three stanley cups at, at, at the time they did so it's just unfortunate that the ducks should have played and should have beat this team there's no excuse they should have played hard but it seems like chicago pretty much had the tempo from the, the start of the game they kind of controlled it yeah the ducks were able to crawl their way back and it looked like okay we're going to overtime the ducks already scored the you know two un- two unanswered goals to tie it up you know we're, you know we're going to look for gets off or something to you know gets off thousandth game he's going to be the hero it would have been a good little ending to the story of the night but you know you can't have Taves and Patrick Kane out there and give them that much opportunity and space because they're going to score they've been playing together for a long time they have great chemistry Patrick Kane, regardless of what you think uh, feel about him personally, he's a superstar. He's an elite player. And how fast he hit that puck was probably fast and as hard as he did would go uh, to score that goal. Like He probably hit that puck harder than he hit that taxi driver. I don't know. It was just... <laughs> <laughs> it was just a good, a good, good play, good goal. And he should have been covered more. And they left... Yeah, it, Man, they gave him just that little bit of space, and he was able to do that. You can't give that player that much time and space. Yeah, it's probably a second or a little fraction of a second. That's that's a fraction of a second more time than he needs to put that puck in back of the net. So, I mean, well, what that movie, um, The Mighty Ducks Three? Like, like how long does it take to score a goal? Like less than a fraction of a second, he throws the puck. Like, come on, you have to be aware, especially of a, a player of Patrick Kane's caliber when he's out there, especially on a three on three. Yeah, that that was what I when they came out uh, to start the overtime, and I saw Taves and Kane out there. I was sitting there with my wife, and I looked at her like, "Oh man, this probably isn't going to be good." We have these two guys out here, and then sure as you know what, twenty four seconds in, they score. I'm like, "Really, man?" I was just like, "These bastards!" <laughs> I can't stand Chicago. So, 
Uh, yeah, and I was laughing. I forgot about that whole taxi incident you brought up. I, I wasn't going to bring up the other incident, which you all know about, where he was allegedly cleared, but whatever. Like, like you said, whatever you think about him off the ice, I mean, it is what it is. But on the ice, yeah, he's he's a great player, you know, and, and that's why he uh, comes through. And it just seems like Taves and Kane always come through against the Ducks. So they pull it off. I, I felt for the Ducks in the first period, part of the problem was they, you know, they had those penalties. Richie uh, shot the puck over the net or, excuse me, over the glass for the, the delay of game. Then Hampus Lindholm was called for tripping. I thought that that was kind of an iffy, iffy kind of call. But regardless, Chicago has a five on three. Uh, they're terrible in the power play, and then they score in the power play. So it's like, what the hell? So, you know, the Ducks got into some penalty trouble there in the opening period, which that's kind of been a theme this season too, is there's been some games where the Ducks haven't been disciplined and have been taking too many penalties, and that kind of got them behind. But I was happy to see them fight back and tie the game. I just really wanted them to to get that extra, you know, goal in the overtime and win. And, they, you know, they came up short on uh, Getzloff night, uh, you know, but they did have a lot of videos honoring him. Also, Tamu Solani was in the building for this game. He was also in the building for the game against Minnesota. If you didn't check it out, he um, has his uh, book out. It's been out before. It was in Finnish, but now it's in English uh, called My Life. He was there both games, signing uh, books before the game, intermission. You know you know how Tamu is. We don't even have to say he's been doing all that. And we did get a couple copies. And we are going to give away a copy. We're going to do... Uh, a giveaway on social media of an autographed copy of the book. So stay tuned for that. We'll we'll post something on social media. We haven't quite come up with the contest details yet, but the Ducks uh, then had a chance, uh, you know, to redeem themselves. Eddie, uh, they they had Minnesota uh, the next game, another team that's been struggling, and they they actually started this game good. So they they played well. Uh, they they blew up in the in the beginning of the second period. You had a, a goal by Raquel, a goal by Larson. Ducks were off to two nothing. You know, uh, a run here in the beginning of the second period. Everything looked good. Uh, the Wild did get another goal back in the second. Ducks were still up two to one going into the third. You thought everything was fine. They started the third period with a power play, and one of those things that you love and you hate this play. Because uh, when it happens for your team, it's great. But when it doesn't, you get you just get really pissed off. And the Ducks, uh, you know, didn't score in the power play. Uh, Minnesota gets the puck at the very end. Zuccarello comes out of the box. They spring him on the breakaway, and he scores. And you're just sitting there going, really? <laughs> and so uh, then Minnesota added another goal, and they were up. Uh, and, and then, of course, they had that late goal as well. And the Ducks, there was just nothing they could do. But, but a frustrating game. I, I felt this one was the opposite of the Chicago game. You know, now the Ducks were the team that got up by two. Um, I know you want to talk about it too. They had a chance to go up by three. Maybe that would have made a difference in this game. They would have won. Uh, but they kind of let off the gas after that, Eddie. And I felt like they let this one slip away. Uh, you know, losing to Chicago in overtime was one thing. I wasn't as upset about that. But this game, uh, you know, just, I don't know. I, I, I was really annoyed with the way this went down. And I, and I know you, you really don't like the way this game went down because I know how much you love the Wild. Oh, I can't stand the Wild. Like, I always, I hate the Wild more than I hate the Kings. I can't stand that hockey team. I can't stand the fan base. It's just, it was a bad game to watch. It, it was, it pissed me off. Seeing the Ducks play that well in the first and part of the second, and I did, they scored two back-to-back goals in seconds. You saw Boost Boudreaux's face kind of like look deflated a little <laughs> bit like, he like what the f and the players on the bench too were looking just 
kind of defeat it. And then Max Jones had an opportunity on a two-on-one, and fortunately he missed. Not saying it's his fault that they lost the game, and by far not his fault at all. But I think that third goal would have put the nail in the coffin and would have sucked the rest of the life out of the wild, and the Ducks could have probably cruised to, you know, maybe not a 3-0, 4-0 win, but they probably would have got close, 3-2, 4-3 maybe. It's just one of those games where the Ducks, after... That the, the Max Jones seemed to miss after that. They just didn't play anymore. It seemed they went on just they were coasting. They were just putting on cruise control. The the Wild were doing the same exact play on five on five. They had three. They had two of their defensemen up top and one uh, of their forwards, kind of like going up top too. So they had three uh, three skaters on top and two of them like umbrella kind of thing. Uh, but they had two of the guys in front of Gibson and they kept running the same play and rotating. And the Ducks were just either standing around, flat-footed, looking at them, or they were just chasing, like, you know, having two guys chase one guy and and you left the other guys open. They were rotating that for a good one, two minutes. And I'm looking at it like, okay, come on, I'm I'm Mr. Joe Blow fan, and I'm really seeing how they're setting up. Why can't you guys, you know, get a clue or on the bench yell what they're doing? And unfortunately, the Ducks just didn't catch on, and they got scored on. And from there, it just, you know... That one by Zuccarello, that was the wrong person to give a breakaway to. It just, like He had all the time in the world. He could have probably set up a table and had dinner with with uh, Gibson before he scored that goal. It was just bad. And, and Gibson was warning him, too. The, the seconds were winding down on the, the, on the Ducks' power play. He's hitting a stick hard on the ice, and no one really caught up to uh, caught up on it. And I mean, 2-2, and after that, I mean, the rest is history. I, I, man, I just hate the way this game went down and definitely hate seeing the wild win. The only positive thing was just having Solani there and getting to talk to him for a few seconds again. That was the only like upside to the game. And of course, seeing Mike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, uh, we got to hang out for once, you know, usually I'm in the cheap seats because I can't really afford the 200 and 300 level. That's just the way it is. But I actually gave my tickets away to this game originally to another friend uh, they had a couple of family members that wanted to go to the game, and they sit right by me. So I gave those away, and then I decided, okay, I'll get you know, I'll, I'll get the 300 level seats, and and I'll go sit there. And then Eddie got some too, so we got to hang out and have a good time. And and you got the book signed by Tamu in person. You posted the photos and everything like that, which was awesome. And like we said, we're going to give away a book too. Um, on social media but that part was all good uh i guess the other part that was good for a lot of you out there too is that uh, kasha did come back in this uh and play in this game finally he only had one shot on goal but uh, uh i didn't know this was his nickname eddie but everybody's calling him the energizer bunny all of a sudden i i just i saw it everywhere eric stevens and all these people are calling him that so i i guess that's his new nickname but either way i'm glad to see him back uh, when he took that hit earlier this season, people were worried about it. Was it his head? And was it a concussion thing? And it wasn't. It was his jaw. And now he's back. Uh, he's probably a little bit sore, but he's out there and playing. That was a good sign. But other than that, uh, you know, the Ducks, I felt like they let this one slip through. I, I think they could have won this game. Uh, like you said, if Max Jones scores on that two on one and make it three nothing, I think the Ducks do go on to win this one. Uh, not his fault, but they're just saying that they got that. You know, even if someone else had scored and made it three nothing, I think the Ducks would have won this game. Just the third period there kind of irritated me. And like I said, that that play with Zuccarello, when you have a guy come out of the box and you spring the guy out, it happens to everybody once in a while. And you you love it when it's your team, yeah, hate it when it's the other team. So uh, I mean, that's that's what happened. And so that's where the Ducks are at. You know, they've won 
a couple games here and then lost a couple games. Uh, obviously, one in over, overtime that they lost. So they're 2 1 and 1 so far on the road trip, or excuse me, on the homestand. And they have a couple more games coming up. But, uh, you know, the thing with the, this team, Eddie, is I, I just don't know what their identity is. I just don't. It's, it, you know, some people commented after this game against the Wild and they said that they weren't that upset, you know, that this team is young and yada, yada, yada. And I get that. Yeah, the team's young. They're trying to find their identity. But when you play in Chicago and Minnesota, who both, for lack of a better term, have sucked this year, and you know you you get down to one and and you have to rally back to win, you know, try to win in overtime, you lose, and then another one, you get the lead and blow it. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I yeah, I'm not going to be a homer. I'm a little frustrated with this team. These last couple games, actually, even the Vancouver game, they got lucky too. I mean. I just don't. I haven't really figured this team out. I felt like they they started decent, and now they've been kind of eh, kind of like last season. So I, I don't know what your take is on the team right now, but I I feel like there's just kind of a little bit of a identity crisis because we just don't know. You know, they can get in a crazy shootout with the Jets, but then you know they can you know uh, lose to Chicago. You know, on a team that had already played back to backs and stuff. It's just weird. I I don't know the way these last four games have gone. Uh, I think the Ducks are lucky to have five out of the eight points because they they really haven't played like like they should have that many points, Eddie. Oh, I totally agree with you. Uh, Joshua Southern asked this question on Facebook too. He mentioned uh, how last season was kind of similar, and he, he put the word deja vu in there because the Ducks started off strong and then just kind of flattened and, and started playing just how they're playing now. And and yeah, at first when the Ducks started off hot, everyone's happy and everyone's oh we're going to the stanley cup playoffs and like yeah, slow down people it's just only a few games and it, it seems like the ducks are kind of coming back down to reality and it's just it's getting frustrating especially losing the teams like minnesota and chicago like the teams that you have the, the ability and skill to beat you have a new system you just you're not using it you're not playing that 60 minute game and I, i'm going to keep saying this every freaking show for the next how many times i'm on this show for the years come you're not going to win a game if you don't play the full game, period. And the Ducks aren't doing that. It's just, that's what's frustrating me the most. Turning on, uh, watching the team, going over there to the games, watch. I want to watch the Ducks play. I don't want to watch the Ducks play for 30 minutes and then the rest are just, you know, coasting. I mean, it's, if it's going to be like that, next time I go to a game, I'll watch for 20 minutes and I'll go drink for another 20 minutes and spend $100 <laughs> on a couple of beers. It's just like <laughs> pull your heads out of your ass and, and play with some heart. Like, Getzoff had his thousandth game. Uh, he had he got his silver stick um, last night against the Wild, and you guys come out and play like shit. Like, what the hell is wrong with you? Like, play for your captain. Uh, and Getzoff, uh, he just like a lead by example. I think he play, he played well. He wasn't the problem. It's just everyone around him wasn't really rallying for that, and, and the energy wasn't there with the players. And I, I don't know. Like, I really hope that they took Getzoff out the night before, and they all had fun and, and set out to like six seven in the morning. I mean, if, if, if a report comes out like that, yeah, it's going to be like, okay, you guys are professionals, but hey, you know what, I get it. A thousand games doesn't come every single day. So, yeah, go ahead and celebrate, have your fun. I mean, we've all been hung over, most of us that ever had alcohol in their lives. Uh, people that, that didn't, I don't drink or anything. I'm, I'm sure you've had migraines before and woke up with the flu. Um, yeah, it's just like, it's just frustrating. And I, I yeah, it still stings more because it's a wild and I, I can't stand that team. But I really wanted that win for Getzloff, you know. 
He had his family there. It, it was his moment. And Getzlaff is such an amazing guy. He's so humble. He doesn't he doesn't want recognition. He doesn't care. Uh, when he was mic'd up and they're they're giving him his video tribute, he just uh, he mentioned how he felt uncomfortable and he was just. He was all business. He, he didn't care about his thousandth game at that moment. He cared about getting the Ducks on the board and getting a win. And it's just really unfortunate that they, as a team, they couldn't pull it off uh, for that thousandth game. And then when he got his silver stick and was celebrated, it was just really frustrating to watch, Mike. And it, it was good. I think what made this game better was, coincidentally, I got a ticket upgrade, and it was, like, right next to you. So we got to hang out during the intermission. And then Solani, uh, Solani, uh, and shout out to the couple fans I was in line with. They were really friendly and really talkative, so they kind of made that line go by fast. And the fans that were standing in line, if you guys were, you know how hot it was in that team store and how cluttered, and everyone was just kind of like really personal space. There's zero of it. But um, yeah, he stood there for the whole game signing. He was supposed to just sign until the puck dropped, watch the game, come back at intermissions, but. I guess he noticed uh, how big the line was and people coming up, and he signed for like four plus straight hours. Signed the book, signed people's jerseys, took pictures with everyone, and every fan that walked up to him, he greeted them with a really big smile. He made you feel like that second that you were the only thing that mattered in your life. And just like I said on the tweet, Mike, I felt like a little kid again, like watching my idol. And had that like butterflies in my stomach when I went to go talk to him. It was like, wow, I got like. I got put back into like a kid mode, just looking up to someone that I really admire, and then he just makes you feel that way. And I guess he did that in Winnipeg too. Spent six hours plus signing when he wasn't supposed to sign for six hours, but he had nothing better to do. He said, and he wanted to just to sign for every like one of the fans. I, I think he's kind of a player, in my opinion. To me, I think he's the greatest athlete like ever in, in my life uh, in the history of sports because he just the way he is. He he puts people, strangers first, and fans first. And there's, there's not one fan can ever say anything bad about Solani at all. There's no negative things from games when he played for the Ducks. I remember a puck flying out of the stands and hitting someone. He jumps off the bench and brings a towel to throw it over the glass. He just, I don't know if it was a Ducks fan or a, a, a visiting fan. Doesn't really, he didn't care. No one really cared. We want to know if the fans okay, but. That's the kind of person he is, and it was just great to have that those few seconds, a few minutes to just shake his hand and thank him for writing the book, and and just like wow, have like a little fangirl quote unquote moment, and get a nice little <laughs> picture. And uh, JT, one of my buddies, got the picture for me, and he captured the moment perfect when I walked up to him, and you just perfectly see him just smiling right there. I'll, I'll probably tweet that photo out and. Tag DMP, so you can see that just that how he just glows and makes everything better. Um, if fans, if you didn't get a chance to meet him, uh, the two days he was at Honda Center, he's going to be at Barnes and Noble on Thursday at the at the Spectrum in Irvine. Uh, he'll be there at 7 p.m. signing autographs. Um, it's supposed to be from 7 to 9 p.m., but uh, however Sonny feels and how many people show up, it might extend longer. I don't know. Uh, I suggest you call Barnes and Nobles over there in Irvine and. For further details but if you can uh, get out there and you know get a book sign if you have a book it, and you you know bought it already off Amazon or something and you just want to go and say hi to him I'd highly su suggest that it's just a, a moment that that yeah Ducks lost last night but just having that that experience with them last night made it all better and I, I still can't, went on the drive and I couldn't even sleep I was so just like pumped up just being able to meet him again so that was a uh, that was pretty fun 
Yeah, and I mean, who knows? He might be at Barnes and Noble until Friday morning. <laughs> uh, you know the way the way that he does that. It's absolutely true. I uh, uh, remember seeing him at the restaurant one time, and I happened to have a couple of his hockey cards, and he signed them all for me, just no questions asked. He's like, "Here you go," and uh, you know, he's like you said, it, you he makes you feel, uh, you know, like you're the most important person at that moment, and uh, he'll hang out and sign autographs and everything and um i just i always laugh i've i just i've never seen him uh i think upset other than when he's yelling at the refs about a bad call <laughs> he's always you know he's always happy eddie oh i saw one time when i was a uh, younger i think when i was like 16 17 maybe uh the anaheim ice practice they're filming a commercial and he was signing for me i think it's like one of the first few like first times i've like meeting him and then he's talking and joking and like laughing. It was me and a couple other people there. And then one of the camera guys or whatever, hey, shut the hell up. And, you know, we're, we're trying to record here. And he goes, hey, you shut the hell up. This is my rink. Like, and it's like <laughs> Solani saying that. I'm like, okay. And they, yeah, they had the, uh, like the staff from, uh, from Anaheim Ice, I guess, try to get us out of that area. But, I mean, you're not going to tell Solani. He already screamed out, hey, this is my, my explicitive rink. So. Um, he just, that's the kind of player he is. And I had that experience too at his restaurant, Mike. I, I told you that when I, when I had a dinner at his restaurant, I just, while I was in Laguna Beach and we happened just to stroll in there and fortunate for us, there was a cancellation. So we got to sit through the bar area and he was there and I asked if I can just, you know, say hi. And he's like, give me a second. He comes to the table and he's just hanging out talking to me. And I had a, like a, like a thing on my knee cause I messed it up playing hockey. He asked me like, Oh, like, you know, like what happened to your leg? And I told him I, I jumped up the block a shot. It knocked me off balance. I fell, hurt my knee, and I can't really walk. He asked me, are you goalie? I'm like, at that time, I didn't play goalie. So I'm like, no, I just move forward. He goes, you're effing stupid. You don't block shots. You're not a goalie. And I was just like, oh, man. But it was, Mike, like, oh. Like, it was one of those things that I'll cherish for a lifetime, being able to sit there and him drinking his Moscow meal. I'm having a beer, and we're just – He's talking to me like I'm his best friend. And like you said, and I said, true, nothing else matters in the world at that time. And it was just, wow. Uh, we are so lucky to have someone like that, part of hockey and part of the Ducks. And he's a great ambassador for the game. And he's a, a great example of what a professional athlete should be. Maybe he's a little too nice at times, which is perfectly normal. No one's complaining about that. But, I mean, man, he's... I have his book. I'm going to plan to read it this weekend and do a review on it. So that's going to be my Bible for this weekend. But, man, like, thank you, to, thank you, Slani, for everything that you continuously do. Yeah, I, I mean, there's, like you said, there's nothing more. I mean, every time you see him, like I said, I've only seen him really mad at the ref. So that's really it. But, yeah, any anytime you get a chance to talk to him, he always makes you feel at home and whatnot. Um, we're going to uh, switch gears a little bit. We'll talk about the goals here and some league news and things like that. Just want to remind you that uh, this podcast is brought to you by Cool Hockey. Um, if you want to uh, get a $200 gift card, sign up for our patreon.com slash Ducks and Pucks website. We're giving one uh, out each month. We're going to announce the winner for uh, the month of October here shortly. And then we'll obviously do one for November and so on. So, so check them out, Cool Hockey. Uh, you know They make the jerseys pretty affordable, and it's obviously the legit stuff as well. So they're the sponsor for the show this week. Um, with that, okay, the Ducks, you know, this homestand, what's going on? Um, you know, they're in the middle of it right now. They don't have a lot of games. So if you're listening to the show right now, they're not playing until Sunday. 
so they did send Josh Mahura back down to San Diego. Don't freak out. Uh, the goals are playing on Friday, so it looks like he's going to go down there and get some game action. I expect him to be back, um, unless for some reason uh, they're going to bring uh, Gooley up instead. But uh, I, I really think he's going to go down there and get just you know play in that one game. And uh, I know Eddie, we want to talk about the goals a little bit. Some of the fans, you know, ask about how they're doing and what's going on. They had a really terrible start to the season, which we knew. Uh, not, not that we knew it was going to happen, but it wasn't really a shock knowing that Dallas Akins was with the Ducks and uh, you know a lot of the players are up in Anaheim. But they had a rough start. But, uh, Eddie, I know you want to talk about it a little bit. The Gulls did finally win a couple games. Yeah, they did, finally. Man, I was getting worried. They, they were winless in six games, but they had back-to-back against uh, the Colorado Eagles uh, this um this was past weekend on the first and second. They beat the Eagles the first game five to four with the game winning goal coming from Isaac Lundestrom. So that was pretty that was pretty good seeing a you know, I guess that's our future. Uh, yeah, he, he's gonna be a, a future, I think, top six player for the Ducks. Uh Stolars got the win, made thirty saves on that one. That was their first uh, first win of the season. That was the game that Max Jones played in. He didn't score, but he was a plus minus plus one. So he did was on the ice for one goal. Um and then the second night, they had Stolarz in net again, made uh, 27 stops in a 5-2 win against the Eagles again. Uh, you had Gooley and Lindstrom get a couple goals in there too, or a goal apiece in there. So it was good to see those people contributing, knowing that I, I, Gooley, I'm, I'm pretty sure he'll be back up for the Ducks uh, come you know n- near future. And same with Lindstrom. I can see him you know making, especially when, if an injury happens, unfortunately, it was one of those things. That he'll come up and I and he you know he's a great player. I, I love the way he plays. He just needs more, I guess, uh, with not, not experience but um, like motivation. I guess what I'm trying to say. But I mean that's good. They got their their first back to back win. So hopefully they just start you know going up from there and they they start clicking better and they get that chemistry back and they they, they learn to play better hockey. And I mean goals hockey from last season. Uh, they are struggling too. I think they're copying the Ducks. They're struggling on the power play. They're only twenty five percent this season on the power play. The good thing is on that second five two win against the Eagles, they did score two power play goals. Uh, their PK has been pretty good at ninety three point eight percent. So I, I guess they're not afraid to take penalties because they can easily kill them off. But I, I wish them the best of luck, and I really hope they get going. It's you know it's going to be unfortunate that if if they can't you know, make a, a playoff appearance this season. But I, I think they got all that, you know, the hiccups out of the way and and having uh, these back-to-back wins against a really skilled Eagles team. Uh, the, the Eagles have a lot of talented players and players that could be on the Avs' you know, permanent roster right now if they weren't logjammed with other forwards. The Avalanche did pick up in the offseason. But uh, they're good wins, and, and that's good to see finally. Uh, we had a trade to announce too, a little minor one. Um Ryan Johnston from Toronto was picked up for uh, my favorite player, Future Considerations. So it's unfortunate that he's traded. Uh, he could have made a really big impact on the team. I look forward <laughs> to when we traded for him back. Uh, I mean, man, I just bought that jersey too, and it's gone. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's about it for the goals. I, I wish them the best of luck. And don't be surprised if the Ducks send maybe another player down just to get another game time on, you know, like come Friday, just to get that experience, not him them to be so cold. And it's it's not a bad thing either. If if you know if I don't know how it works over there. If I were a player, I'd be like, hey, I want to get a game in. 
or I don't know. No, yeah, actually, exactly. you know, never mind. Because I, I, I wouldn't want to be sent down to San Diego in the first place. Because you know, be careful what you wish for. You wish for. So I'll just take that one back. So that kind of wraps it up <laughs> for the goals. Unless you want to add anything, Mike. No, I was just laughing because we had, uh, you know, we talked about Good Branson, and we had the article posted, and the trade happened. So then we posted the uh, Taylor Hall. Uh, you know, trade rumor stuff, which we obviously talked about in the last show. And then the Ducks did make a trade, though it was really a minor league trade that day. So I was just kind of laughing because it went down. And, and for those of you that are like, what the hell is f- future considerations? Uh, it, it's it's Eddie's favorite player. You can go buy it. Uh, I don't know if you can fit all the letters on the jersey. Cool Hockey might be able to help you out with that. But um, basically, uh, no, in all seriousness, uh, future considerations usually means it's some kind of uh, draft pick down the road or maybe the ducks will get another player from toronto in exchange for future considerations maybe there's something they just didn't figure out yet so usually it's another prospect player or some kind of draft pick uh in the future or whatnot just hasn't been decided on so that's why they do that sometimes uh it's just kind of something that they work out with between the minor league teams usually not a big deal it just usually means that uh something hasn't been decided yet or maybe another little minor deal will come in the future so yeah, uh, and like you said, the finally, you know, the goals won a couple games. Uh, Jones was down there for one of them, and uh, you know, hopefully they can they can win some more. Like we said, it's going to be tough with a lot of the players up in uh, Anaheim right now. But uh, we do have a couple other uh, players that we're kind of watching. Uh, like we said, Taylor Hall is one to watch from the last show. If you uh, missed out on the discussion, go back and listen to that. But uh, there's two more players out there, Eddie, that uh, also. Uh, you know, maybe ones that the Ducks would be interested in, maybe not. I don't know. I know you want to bring them up. We'll kind of talk about them, and I'll, I'll, I'll let you uh, delve into both of those guys. Well, the first one I'll bring up, because it's going to be quick, is, uh, of course, Josh Hosang is still waiting around to get traded. Uh, apparently, he requested a trade, and I guess he didn't report, or he was told not to report to the AHL when he got sent down after he got put on waivers. So he's just kind of in Toronto, skating around, waiting for the Islanders to trade him. And this kid, young young kid, right winger, only has 24 points in the 53 games he's played. Uh, 28th overall pick, and I, I think this is kind of goes back to he, he thinks he's entitled to something that he hasn't earned yet. Uh, he makes cocky comments how he was called up and the Islanders had a win streak, and then he gets set down, they lose, and like... No, dude, you're a rookie. Go down there, keep your mouth shut, play your ass off, and earn a roster spot. Don't sit there and cry every time you get sent down because you weren't playing well enough. You're just kind of screwing yourself over, and you got put on waivers, and no other team picked you up and want to take a chance on you at all. It's just you got to adjust your attitude if you want to play in the league and don't expect things to come to you. You made it this far by working hard. Keep doing it day in and day out to earn your spot. I mean... I, I saw a few fans mention that we should pick him up. Absolutely not. He, he, just showing his attitude and what what's going on in New York over there with the Islanders. Uh, no, he's just going to be a, a cancer culture in the locker. And we don't need a player like that thinking he's entitled to something that he doesn't deserve. Another player that's really interesting right now, he's an RFA, is uh, Jesse Pugliarvi from the Edmonton Oilers. He's right now playing in Finland where he has 20 points and 18 games, 11 goals and 9 assists. He requested a trade from Edmonton and 
he's not going to really, he's not going to, he doesn't want to resign or he said he's not going to resign unless he gets traded because he didn't want to play for the Edmonton, oh, the Edmonton Oilers anymore. He was the fourth overall draft pick. He's a right winger, big kid, 6'4", 215 pounds. He's played in 139 games and has 39 points, 17 goals, 20 assists. I think this is a player that Ducks should be looking at and should be interested in. Yeah, we, we have a lot of right wingers, but this kid has the potential to be, you know, a top forward for the Ducks or for any team. It just don't judge him with how he plays on Edmonton because Edmonton's one of those teams that likes to rush players. We've seen it with uh, Neil Yakupov a few years ago, and they, they just kind of rushed him in, and he never quite developed and, and really came into the, the league as that superstar he was projected to be. The, this kid's doing great in Finland. And he's skating around with you know guys a little older than him and stuff like that. I, I think I, I, I'm, I'm not sure what's going to take to get this player or if the Ducks are even showing interest in him, but I wouldn't mind the Ducks going after him and picking him up. Maybe giving a, you know, it's probably going to take a, another prospect or maybe like a lower tier player on the roster. Like not Silverberg or Raquel kind of players like that. So don't think about that in a draft pick. I don't know, Mike. Uh, what do you think about this guy? That's something, I, I don't know, I, I, I like him. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I think uh, with Ho saying, I think there's a little bit of an attitude issue there. And I, I just don't see him fitting in. Uh, to the Ducks, but uh, Pooley Arby is definitely one. Uh, if you're going to try and go out there and get somebody, I, I would like the Ducks to go get him. I mean, we talked about Taylor Hall and the Ducks cap space on the last show and how the Ducks could pull it off, but then, of course, that they you know would have to give up, like you said, a, a Raquel Silverbrook type, and you know I don't know if that's something the Ducks want to do, and they you know I just don't know if that would really happen. So if you were going to try to get another offensive forward, I think Pooley Arby would be a good addition that you could do. And you could send someone like a Nick Ritchie and maybe a draft pick or something like that and, and go get him. And I wouldn't be upset with that. I, I think you add him in there as another offensive threat. And yeah, he's a right wing forward. You've got uh, Kasha that's back. And of course, uh, you have Raquel, Henrique, and Silverberg. That line has just been stupidly good this year. That's that's the reason also why I wouldn't want to trade them for like a Taylor Hall type or a, any kind of trade really right now. But uh, you could you know bring in Pugliarvi. Maybe you throw him in on the third line and uh, see how he does um, and add some offense. It's definitely one that I, I, I don't think the Ducks should kick the tires on. Um, I, I don't know if it happens, but it's definitely an option that's not going to cost them as much as going out for a Taylor Hall if they do look into that. So I, I would look for that. I mean, right now he's not doing much uh, for Edmonton because he's over there in Finland doing his thing. So uh, I, I would be like, hey, you know, let's let's bring him in and, and see what he can do for the Ducks. And, and right now he's only, you know, costing 900000 So it's, it's a much cheaper option. And maybe if you send over somebody like a Nick Ritchie uh, or a draft pick, you know, you create some cap space and then maybe make another move down the line as the way the season goes. But um, of those two, if I was to pick, that's who I would go for. I, I would totally pass on Hosang. Uh, I, just, I, I just don't see him being a benefit for the team. But, yeah, Pugliarvi, if, if the Ducks are interested, I, I would try to see what you could do. Maybe you can get him for a cheaper thing right now because, you know, the way that things are going. I, I don't know. But uh, either way right now, the Edmonton Oilers are losing out. If they don't get him to come back and play or if uh, he's uh, not traded, you know, it's not helping their team either way. So they got to figure something out over there. Oh, definitely. I, I can totally see a Nick Ritchie with a draft pick package. 
for that player, uh, pull RV, pulley RV. Sorry, um, uh, that's doable. I think I think Edmonton would benefit, f- and he would benefit too, playing over there in Edmonton. And, and Nick Rich has been playing better lately. He's creating a lot of opportunity for for his teammates to, to get those goals. He might not uh, be you know, getting all the assists that he deserves, but he's creating those chances and opening up that space so other players can score. And he hasn't been taking dumb penalties, and I think he's been playing pretty decent. And I, I can see something like package with a, dra- a draft pick. It's doable. Um, the the time's ticking for Edmonton because once this, uh, December 1st hits and he's not signed to a contract, then he's out for the whole season. He won't be eligible uh, to sign until the summer. Or, Correct. Yeah, so it's like... I think they're they're being patient, uh, hoping. I I'm not sure if they want to let him go yet. They're, they're hoping, maybe hoping that he might like see what's going on in Edmonton and want to stick around. But it seems like like he really wants out and wants a fresh start. He's just tired of playing there. Obviously, he's over there in Finland playing. He's not playing with them. So and he's still a re, un, uh, restricted free agent. So uh, re-signing him, I don't think it'll be over three million at all. So it, it's going to be cheap to get him, you know, if that trade happens. Um, if it doesn't, oh, well, if it does, cool. I would like to see how it pans out, and especially, you know, if it can help the Ducks and we can kind of tap into his true potential. Yeah, absolutely. I'm saying go for it. Um, with some of the other league news I know you wanted to cover, too, is, uh, you know, another person with an attitude issue uh Lucic was in the uh the news recently getting suspended and then also Kane with his off ice issues um you want to dive into those a little bit Eddie and then we'll finish up with a couple other topics about the league yeah yeah there's a a few league news here that we want to talk about uh, of course um if you guys missed the game uh Lucic sucker punched Cole Sherwood that's Kiefer Sherwood's brother uh he he you know he sucker punched him and he went down, Lucic got a four-minute double minor, and then Sherwood got a two-minute slashing penalty. And Lucic ended up getting a two-game suspension, and everyone in the hockey world flipped out and blamed Lucic 110% and painted Cole Sherwood as kind of the uh, innocent bystander, which I'm in no way defending Lucic. I like his style of play. I don't like – oh, I can't say I don't like the style of play because I like that old-school style. And if, if I say I didn't like that, I'd be able to hit, like, hypocritical to the game that I like. I just don't like how he he takes things over overboard. He just does things like, over the top. And it, it's always been like that. And he tries to – it seems like he tries sometimes to intentionally injure someone. So that's the difference than, you know, than what I like. Yeah, I like that hard-hitting, physical, gritty style. Yeah, hurt them for the game. Their hurt is different from injured. Hurt, you have a bruise. Hurt, oh, your head's ringing, but it's nothing serious. Hurt, you you know, just a day of sleep, rest, Advil, you're fine. That I can deal with, but, like, the punch that he did was over the top. However, the golden rule in hockey, everyone knows this from when you're younger to professionals to beer leaguers to, to beginner players, you never touch the goalie. And if you touch the goalie, be expecting a response because that action has a response coming. And it's not a sucker punch. Definitely not a sucker punch because Cole Sherwood being in the you know National Hockey League and growing up playing hockey all his life, he knows that rule too. You touch a goalie, be expecting someone to come after you. And you know what? He touched a goalie and Lucic went and, and went after him. And I, I, I don't blame Lucic at all for that because I, I would have done the same thing. I've done the same thing numerous times. I beat the hell out of people. I 
man, I sucker punched someone. I had a 70-year-old goalie I was playing with me, and this guy went and just speared him in the, in the crotch after the whistle. You best believe my stick was in the back of his <laughs> on the, the back of his jersey. And I just started flinging punches. I didn't care. I took a suspension. But, I mean, yeah, both players were at fault for this. I think the game before in Vegas, I believe, when Calgary played, uh, Riddick, which has been playing amazing for Calgary, he got speared. And no one really came to his defense. So when this happened again, Luchich took exception to it. And, hey, he threw a punch. Yeah, was it excessive? Of course it was. It, it looked bad. But, you I mean, Cole had it coming. He should have, you know, if he reacted to it when he saw Luchich coming at him. The two-game suspension is excessive, too. And I think that was that, – that's, that's over the top. And I don't agree with that suspension at all, one bit. Yeah, I, I, you know, it's just he got the double minor. And for those saying, oh, well, you know, Sherwood didn't touch him, he got called for slashing. Yeah, on the website it says uh, he slashed against Lucic, but no, he, he hit the goalie. And like I said, you don't do that. And if you do that, be expecting something. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to go in like that, you you know you're going to get hit. If you're going to, you know, the, the goalie's going to cover the puck and then you're going to try and jab uh, at his glove or his pads or whatever. I mean, you, you know you know that you're going to draw the ire of somebody from the other team. But, yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I, I don't – Lucic kind of almost like did a fly, like flying Superman punch. I was like, what the hell are you doing, dude? But uh, I get why he was upset. And like you said with the suspension, maybe maybe a game you suspend him. I, I don't know. Maybe they did too because we know he has a history of being kind of a hothead and whatnot. But uh, well, that's all he has now. He's he's he can't keep up with the game at all anymore. He's slow. He's just kind of. Yeah, I'll be surprised if he's not out bought out or something. It just you know he's done. Yeah, I mean he's he's resorting to the physical stuff more so than skill. Obviously, the last couple seasons, really, in my opinion. So, eh, it is what it is. But uh, I, I, I think, um, like you said, you know, he, he went a little bit overboard. So, um, what else did you want to talk about? I think uh, you want to talk about uh, Kane and his gambling issues that have been going on, Eddie. Another player that's got some stuff, uh, you know, newsworthy. Yeah, Evander Kane. Uh, Evander Kane, another incident. I remember you guys remember the incident a long time ago he had. And he's posting a photo on Instagram holding a stack of money. Like, dude, come on, really? Well, he's getting sued by the Cosmopolitan uh, in Las Vegas for $500,000 in uh, gambling markers. He took eight credits between 20000 and 100000 in April. And it was approximately during Game 3 or 4 of the Stanley Cup uh, series against the Sharks and the Knights. So instead of his main attention being on his team, you know, playing those games... He was over there gambling, and and for those that people that don't know what um, the the markers stuff are, basically it's a, it's a line of credit. These uh, casinos will give you based on your income and your credit. Uh, they'll give you like a large sum of money to get to gamble, and you're expected to pay that back if you lose. Uh, he's five hundred thousand dollars, and he makes pretty good money. Uh, I don't understand why he had a result to suing him. And and like I said, uh, he he's not gambling on hockey. It, it, don't don't think he's just over there like, oh, I'm betting on myself to win, or I'm betting on the Vegas Golden Knights to beat the Sharks. It's nothing like that. It, this is strictly probably football or whatever sport was going on. Wherever there's gambling everywhere in Vegas, you can probably gamble if you flip a coin, heads or tails, and you can put a wager on that in Vegas. But it's just 
it's not a good look for him, and especially when you're in playoffs. You should be 110% dedicated to your team getting to the Stanley Cup. That said, I'm glad he did that. I'm glad if you know, you know, distracted him or distracted the team, they lost. I mean, whatever gets San Jose losing, but it's like, man, you're a veteran player in the league. You should know better, and you're not paying your bills. Like, dude, you make a lot of money. That $500,000. That's probably like money I'll probably never see in my lifetime. Well, probably I'll see it like when I'm really old and that's it. But and not really have fun with it. But it's just you know it, it brings that that negative look to the game too. Like oh this player's not playing his the debt. But I don't know. I I just don't like it. And I think it he's a kind of a player that knows better. And and it kind of bugs me that if the Ducks were in the Stanley Cup playoffs and then one of our players was out gambling during the, that time like. Come on, man. Your head should be in the game 110%, especially when you're in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, time and place, right? I mean, if you're going to gamble, I, I got nothing against it. But uh, if you're in the final, uh, I'd be really focused on game you know, film and player film and the other team and trying to win to get the cup and everything like that. Or even the playoffs in general, I wouldn't be out there gambling. And then even if I did, uh, I'd make sure to pay the uh, the money that I owe so you know Kane's kind of being a douchebag right now not uh, taking care of all that stuff and whatever maybe it did cost his team I don't know but it's, it's definitely something that it's just negative you know it's not something that we need out there uh, in regard to the league and whatnot so uh, kind of an unfortunate thing for them but hey whatever you know if it keeps the sharks choking I guess that's the way it's gonna be so <laughs> and if you haven't seen we we still have the t-shirt out too so you can go to tpnhockey.com and, and purchase it as well it's on there um, so a couple other quick things really uh, to finish up the show Eddie I think you wanted to talk about uh, some of the jerseys uh for dallas and nashville and then also uh there was some uh a little bit of news about uh, certain drugs being used in the nhl shocker yeah so i'll go to just uh, a couple news things real quick uh dustin bufflin the story got weirder uh more weird whatever uh he had surgery that was just randomly announced that he had successful ankle surgery in minnesota he didn't inform his team at all they're not sure and no one's sure if this was sustained from last season playing or something in the off season. He just failed to notify anyone and went ahead and got the surgery. So now they're looking at him filing a, a grievance with the National Hockey League Players Association to kind of get some salary back while he's recovering. But they're going to have to see if it was season like hockey related or, or it's just a big mess over there. And, and I guess, I don't know. I, I don't know what's going on. I'm glad there's no mental health issues that we, I, I speculated on before because it was weird that he just stopped playing like that. So... I still wish him a speedy recovery and hope everything gets figured out for them, like, whatever. But um, the Stars and the Preds have their Winter Classic jerseys. The Predators... Ugly! Yeah, they're ugly, but the Stars a little... I I, I kind of like the Stars' look compared to the Predators. The Predators was just plain and boring. And the, their shoulder patch looked decent on the jersey. But I don't know. They, they both look ugly. Stars and Preds, uh, go Stars for the Winter Classic. That's all I'm going to say for that. Um, one last thing when it comes down to league news. Uh, drug use, cocaine and Molly's. Molly is, I guess, going around the league now. It's, it's causing a big stir. Uh, the athletic Katie Strang, she wrote an article about this. And uh, she asked a couple of the Ducks players, Henrik and Shore, about what they would warn young players coming in the league. And they both said... Uh, 
cocaine and Molly because it's, oh no, cocaine because it's more commonly accepted and people are just doing it out in the open. It just That's kind of strange. Just thinking that, okay, someone's just wrote there snorting coke out in the open and that's, that's normal. Uh, I guess a former player said too, um, or a player said, it's not like it's hockey thing. It's a cultural thing. The player said, pointing the, to the usage rates among the general population as well. I, maybe I'm not rich enough to hang out with people that just do coke openly like that. Uh, and I know that's an expensive drug, but uh, it, that's a big problem in, in the NHL. And these are professional athletes. And yeah, I don't like to get into people's business, but I am because that, that's that's bad. People, you have the the guy from the Angels. I, I totally forgot his name. So I don't follow baseball, but he died of an overdose uh, from drugs. I, I it's just. I don't know. I, I don't know why this issue. I know this is not brand new at all. I, I'm I'm pretty sure it's been going on for a lot. It's just the Kunetsov situation probably opened Pandora's box again, and, and it's unfortunate that now another negative story had to do with the NHL is popping up, and this time it's it's cocaine and Molly, and I mean those are some serious drugs. It's not like it's marijuana or it's mostly legal now, but it's just. I mean, where does it stop? It, it's just crazy, and I, it's just. It's unfortunate. I really hope that none of the, I hope none of the Ducks players are into this situation, and I hope you know, if they are, nothing fatal happens to them, or nothing ever comes out. Because I would hate that publicity to come down on the Ducks. Selfish me, because yeah, it, it's bad for the league in general, but especially being a Ducks fan, I would hate to see that, and it kind of like loses respect for the player. Like you're a professional, and I get it. You have a lot of problems going on, but I mean. I have a lot of problems going on. I have a lot of mental issues. I, I don't sit there and rack a line up or do, take a pill or something that's that's illegal. That's just that's just my take on it. I'm not you know I, I don't I'm not trying to judge them and I don't care what anyone else does. Just do it on your own time. You're not you know you're not professional. I don't know. I have a, a thing with the people being professional. And if you're a professional athlete, you just have to have some kind of like like conduct, like a code of ethics that you have to live by. And it's just bad that. This is all popping up now. Yeah, it's something that's been in all the sports. Uh, unfortunately, it's not really a uh, a surprise. Uh, the picture you were talking about was Tyler Skaggs on the Angels. By the way, in case you, you um, those of you listening, if you're baseball fans, that's that's what uh, Eddie was referring to. And you know, the bigger issue too is the uh, the fentanyl out there. That's what's really scary. Uh, like within his situation, because now that stuff's getting mixed in with other drugs. It's super powerful. People don't know exactly what they're taking and whatnot. And it's really screwing up, you know, uh, people in general. It's causing uh, breathing problems and, and chest and heart palpitations and things like that. So that's the thing that's that's scary with all the things out there. Um, of course, you know, the performance enhancing drugs, that's been a big thing, uh, you know, that we've seen um, football, baseball, things like that. But uh, with that, I at least understand it a little bit more. Not, I'm not saying it's it's right, but <clears throat> I understand if you're trying to you know hit a baseball farther, you're trying to um, you know be stronger in a football game or hockey game because it's they're you know they're brutal sports. I you know so you're trying to do things that can give you more endurance or things like that. I get it, but these other things like you're talking about um, the cocaine and Molly and things like that, th- those things aren't helping your muscles or enhancing your play. But yeah, maybe you might be a little bit more. Uh, up or awake but uh, you know they have smelling salts hello uh, you don't you don't need uh, cocaine and uh, there's other things that you can do so um, it's just something that's out there right now and it's something that's not going to go away 
uh, like you said, you just got to hope that, <clears throat> you know, the players out there make the right decisions and you hope the guys on your team make the right decisions. So, um, and it's just something to think about for all of you out there too. If, if you uh, are looking to go into sports or anything, be careful, you know, the stuff that's out there and be careful what you get from other people because uh, you may never know what uh, they're handing you. So uh, just, you know, keep that in mind before you decide to try something. So uh, we're going to be back next week. Uh, we'll talk about the Ducks as they finish up the homestand. Um, I also forgot to mention we do have another watch party coming up on the 18th uh, at El Ranchito. It's a 4 o'clock game. Hopefully you can make it. Uh, that'll be uh, Monday, November 18th, as I said, at uh, El Ranchito in Orange. And um, don't forget to check out patreon.com slash ducks and pucks. Sign up. Like we said, we're giving away game tickets every month. Uh, $200 gift, uh, dollar gift card to Cool Hockey as well. So um, we'll keep doing the show each week, depending on the Ducks schedule, usually around Tuesdays or Wednesdays. So thanks for listening. Appreciate the support. And let's go Ducks.